last week on Lore Seekers. Segments just keep coming. We got a new segment we're debuting for you. It's happening right here on the show. If you walk inside, actually go inside the house instead of see the nasty necromancer bits outside, you're gonna. What's that look? I was just gonna say, don't go into his house. It's a trap. It's 100% a trap. Come on inside. I got Come some on shot. This is going to make you wobble and weave like you're an insoxic. Drunk as a skunk. I know which one you're going to get. You're going to get Magnifica Sundas wear. Hey, man, you leave whatever terrible. dress I pick out of this. That is terrible. Oh, Does that even match? No. Hail, traveler. Be wary in these lands, for the skies overhead darken with the shadows of dragons' wings. The undercrofts overflow with the rise of the dead. There is danger afoot across the whole of elsewhere. Do you venture to brave these wilds? Then come inside, rest your well-traveled feet, and order up around. Share your tales with two of Tamriel's finest storytellers. Here they are now, the law seekers, Jibs and Cash. Whew. <laughs> <sighs> Oops, when I pushed record. <laughs> I'm going to shove you off your stool. Oh. Do you know what you just said to our live chat? No, I didn't say anything. Yeah, you did. You said, welcome to Lore Seekers. This is the last two weeks of the show. It's basically what you said. Oh, crap. Oh, I meant also. <laughs> the last two weeks is what you said. You flipped I'm them in, all out. I'm in. Yeah, this is the final. This is the final rendezvous of the. Uh... And I love how you do it. You, you're just like my wife. You always get the last word and then you mute me. <laughs> so I can't say a word. Well, and my you know. wife just she says what she needs to say, and then she takes her finger, she puts on my lips, and just says, "Shh, no talkie, no talk, no talkie." No oh, here's the barmaid. Yeah. What can I get you, boys? Ooh. I would like a mm, a rift in ale. I don't know if it's a thing, but give me something close. What What do you yeah, got? Sounds sounds extremely light and airy. I'm going to go with a Nord Mead, please. Oh, a Nord Mead coming that's right up. That's fantastic. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much. Oh, man, it's a good day. There's been so... It's a good week, Oh, dude. my gosh, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot going on behind the scenes. But how you been? What's going on? I've been amazing. This is um, this is the beginning of my May, basically. Um, I'm off work for 10 days, mm -hmm. for one. Mm -hmm. The girls are out of town. Not that I want them to be. I miss my girls. But yep. they're out of town. And somebody had to stay home and take care of the Kajiti Kateri. That person is this guy. So I've been playing a crap ton of video games. And by video games, I mean just two. Elder Scrolls Online and maybe a little Skyrim. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff right there. Yeah. I rolled a little, uh, a little Kajiti stabby stabby fire out of one hand, blade out of the other hand. Um brand new playthrough Ooh, yeah. of Skyrim. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of tried to make him kind of Magic and Nightblade-y. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've been doing 
pretty much nothing but writs in ESO. Oh, yeah, man. Except for my dive into housing again. Oh, yeah. So Are you going to tell what you did? Two, <laughs> in the last two days, I have finally decorated my rosy lion. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's just one room. Who's going to decorate it? I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to our storyline at the end of the show, the prologue storyline or the prologue to the storyline took place in a very small little room in the Rosie Lion Inn, mm-hmm. and I made it basically how it is in the storyline. Uh, and then I went straight from there to the brand new arena house. I remember the name. Um, but it's the one with all the levers and switches. And I can't remember it either. I was it. just in it the other day. Yeah, it's some long drawn out name. Anyway, um, I decorated that house mm-hmm. arena. Mm-hmm. I think it looks pretty freaking sinister. And then I got to work immediately this morning on my necro house. That Ooh, one's been a long yeah. time coming. But I bought the Daggerfall Outlook, uh-huh. that big old place. And I think so far it looks pretty freaking sinister. I'm only about 75% done with the outside. Oh, my gosh. Wow, you went full housing, didn't you? I went full housing. It's like it literally is a vortex. It will suck you in. And it'll suck your money right down the drain, too, which is it's done quite a bit. By design. (laughs) By design. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is brilliant. So... (laughs) What have you been up to? Oh, you you know what I've been up to. <laughs> uh, okay, so last week on the show, um, we were talking about a project that we've been working on. Uh, it's finally complete. I can say as of now, it's complete. Uh, it's ready to go. In fact, it's actually live right now, but you just don't know how to get to it. <laughs> if you find it, I will send you something. I don't know, but that'd be hilarious if you found it. If they find it, it means our security I mean- sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be kind of awesome. a new belter. But uh, anyway, so we're still actually waiting on something, though. Uh, we got to get uh, some kind of, a, of a approval from from a outside company from what we, we used to be involved with. I'm trying to not say it with you know without making it confusing. But anyway, um, so you can expect this thing next week, unless you find it early. If you find it early, I'm going to be really really impressed. But uh, anyway, so it's done. Finally. It's done. Thank God it's done. If I ever say I want to do this again, do not let me. Thank the divine. Those are true it's words. done. Um, so that being said, I can finally get back I'm to you. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you very much. I can, uh, it looks awesome. It looks awesome. I really appreciate it that. It looks amazing. He wouldn't let me touch it. That's the funny part. <laughs> That's not true. Turns out automated processes don't really work, so you got to do it manually sometimes. So anyway, um, you know that thing is done. I can finally get back to doing what I wanted to do, and that is uh, side quests. So I got a new side quest out. We're recording, by the way, everybody. It's for Wednesday, May 5th, or May the 8th. So his new side quest went out today on soul trapping. Um, and then now, as I'm getting ready to start my second semester of school, I can get into writing, and I really want to write um, a necromancer short story in journalistic form. So I'm going to look into doing that. And, uh, man, I've been playing, doing a crap ton of writs. It's so funny. Like, when the event first started, this whole five-week event started, my thought process was, I'm not going to do writs. I mean, come on, really? Me? Do writs? That, that, I don't, I don't, I'm not a writ guy. Here I am. But you get special prize boxes. You get special boxes. So, anyway, I've been 
dude, I've been going, burning through writs like crazy. I actually enjoy it. It's made me appreciate crafting more. And I've got to see, I hang out in Somerset a lot with my crafting. And I get to see Somerset more. And I just, I can't wait because you and I were talking the other day. When it comes to Necromancer, I think we both agreed. One, we're doing the Ring of Mara, so we get XP bonus, because we're going to cruise yes. this thing together. Finally. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not just speed through that. No, we don't need to talk about that. We can keep going. No, we can, we're <laughs> going to talk about it. I have been trying to manly marry you in-game since we started this show. Shot whiskey all over And he's always been like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I was like, bro, come on. Doesn't mean we have to hold hands. Doesn't mean you have to take me out. I'll slap your hand if you try to hold mine. Doesn't doesn't mean I want a feather and a tickle. <laughs> it just means I want the 10% XP guy. Oh my gosh. That's all it That's means. Right. But by this time, by proxy, you and I should at least be man married in game. I'm just saying. All right. Well, that's happening because I need the XP bonus. And so we're going to... I think you and I both kind of vowed that we're going to shoot for... What is it? Tamriel Hero achievement? The one where you do all the achievements Pun. in the zones? Pun intended. Yeah. We're vowing. We're vowing to do... Yeah, so so here's the thing. Here's where I'm at with ESO, okay? Every morning I wake up, it's the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I wake up, get my coffee, take care of my girls. If I'm here, if I'm at work, I take care of the dudes. Then I start thinking about ESO. Every freaking day. It's just the way that it goes. I love this freaking game, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But I don't want to do another writ for a long freaking time. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to do another writ. I've done writs on every single character every single day. I have not missed a single writ. As a matter of fact, I did double writs on the first day. Um, I am very proud to announce that all of my collections are complete. There you go. All done. And here's the best part. I love them. But I beat Chivas in the guild. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy I beat Chivas at something because he's better than me at everything. Um, but I beat him in the game at getting this stuff, and now I'm trying to help him by getting his pieces. And I think I got his last piece that I'm going to hopefully set to him. But anyway, um, I finished all my stuff. I was really happy. I am kind of over the Indrick thing. So yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't want to collect stuff that I know that I'm not going to ride. I mean, they're really, yeah. they're cool looking mounts. I just don't, I'm, I would rather ride a cat or a guar. That's yeah. just the, where I land. So um, I started spending some cash on some of the harder things to get in these uh, style pages. Mm-hmm. And it really helped out. So now that I'm done, I'm kind of just talking to people and, sending stuff out as people need them. That's awesome. So I'm happy about that. Um, but I want to hear about where you're at with all that. With what? I need to know. So I know what to I'm send sure you, guys. whiskey drink. <coughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Man, I tell you what, I'm rocking, uh, not only do I have this uh, Riften Ale, but I'm also rocking a, a base of Jameson. It's kind of a cheat drink tonight. A base of Jameson, a hard base of Jameson, a pinch of Bailey's, and a pinch of... Jack Daniels Honey. Oh, yeah, dude. You're about to freaking spike your insulin. Congratulations. <laughs> it's, it's just a pinch. Uh, trust me. I'm careful nowadays. I've lost uh, mm. uh, 23 pounds as of today. Oh, buddy. I'm so proud of you. Like, yeah, man. Charging Kicking a little. Yeah. I've, uh, my accomplishment for the week is uh, I'm almost done with this brand new bottle of Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. <laughs> I love how you've been working through it the past three episodes. I have been. And here's the worst part. 
I already bought another one, and then I bought like a, a tertiary whiskey. Bought a chaser for that one, just to try it. Yeah, and I'm like a quarter of the way through that one. Yeah. That is a freaking problem. I don't drink that much. I probably have, I don't know, maybe like two glasses, well, maybe one full glass, like that size, which isn't that big. This is like a four ounce glass. Yeah, a night. That's it. But over time. But over time. His stuff starts to disappear really quickly. Uh, Except yeah. for maybe last night, because the girls left, and yeah. I was on a roll, and I was playing, I was shucking and jiving with the folks in Discord, and laughing, and cracking jokes, and maybe some of them weren't appropriate. I don't know. <laughs> maybe been the, maybe been the After Dark channels. We can't confirm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, we got to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, thanks so much for hanging out with us. This is episode three of volume four of the Lord Seekers podcast. We are your hosts. I am Jordan Butts, or Jibs for short, and I'm joined by Cash. Now, Rich Lambert is pretty much calling me a lightweight in chat. I love that. Thank you very much. You're right. It's just a couple of shots, but I'm a sipper. I'm a whiskey sipper, and I'm a super lightweight. So, there you go. There's that. Fat freaking test. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about tonight. We, we have so much. Uh, yeah, this whole past week's been a blur. Uh, between the project getting that done. So I, I was doing the notes today. I'm like, what did we talk about? Did I say this? I don't remember if I said this. Anyway, so this week on the show, uh, or last week, we talked uh, Necromancers and Tamriel. We debuted a brand new segment, Dungeon Lore. And let me tell you, we put out the feelers. We really wanted your feedback. And in droves, I'm not exaggerating, in droves, you all brought the feedback. And it was nothing but we love it, love it, love it, bring it back. We love it. We probably got 30, oh my 30, gosh. 40 responses on it, like in between Discord messages and tweets and yeah. emails. And that was pretty freaking cool. Yeah. So at least, at least people are listening to us as, as opposed to just turning it on and then passing out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're bringing that back. It's officially a staple now on the show. It'll be joining us throughout Volume 4. Also... Uh, we did a lore lesson on the very first Explorer of Tamriel. And if you have not heard that lore lesson, you need to hear it. If you're kind of like, oh man, you know, I kind of like to read. Well, go to lorecreatspodcast.com. The lore lesson is there in written format. You can read it. It's such a good read. It It's probably one of my favorites. And that's saying a yeah. lot because you've done a lot of good ones. So. Thanks, buddy. It's I would say that uh, Topol the Pilot, the first Explorer of Tamriel, was probably one of my very favorite um, lore lessons to research and write. I, it was a wormhole, and I normally set myself like a certain amount of time so that I don't slide down those wormholes um, on on the internet when it comes to Elder Scrolls lore. But this was one that I was like, "This is really, really worth putting time in for." I dug it. Right. That's awesome. Well, this week on the show, we got you know I, when the week started out, I'm like, "All right, they're going to come out with some articles." A couple days pass, they're coming. I know they're there. Well, they delivered. We're doing a uh, developer yeah. deep dive on Necromancers. We got Alfred Molina on Abner Tharn. Elsewhere in Germany, Dungeon Lore returns. And a lore lesson on... The chronology of ESO. We've gotten tons of questions yep. about what order should I play ESO in. And all the chapters and expansions and DLCs. Yep. We're going to talk about all that tonight. That's right. We'll eliminate the mystery right here on the show. So anyway, let me grab my stuff. You ready? Always. All right, here we go. Oh, good gracious. All right, well, before we get started, if you'd like to get something 
brand spanking new. And for free. I mean, like, top to bottom free. Like, the new car smell free. Here's what you do. We want to give you something for free. And we do that through Audible. And uh, here's what you do. If you are interested in getting not only now of one free audiobook, but also two Audible Originals, you can get it for free on the show by going simply to audibletrial.com forward slash loreseekers. Sign up for the free 30-day free trial. Keep it going. Cancel whatever you want to do. Either way, you keep your free stuff. And I can tell you from doing it myself when I used to listen to other shows many moons ago, it's very easy. It's very easy to do. So anyway, audibletrial.com forward slash lore seekers. All right, so a developer deep dive kind of released a little bit earlier this week. And, uh, you know, before we dive into it, we think uh, we should dive into it right here on the show. So here is uh, Rich Lambert and all kinds of good people from Zoss talking about the Necromancer. Take a listen. There were three main development goals for the Necromancer. One, we wanted to ensure that it felt like it was faithful to both the lore and the player fantasy of what necromancy was in Elder Scrolls. Two, we wanted to ensure that the Necromancer had unique mechanics. It couldn't just be a sorcerer with undead pets or a dragon knight with undead themed abilities. It had to stand on its own. And third, we wanted to make sure that the Necromancer kept its identity. And by that, we mean regardless of build choice, if you were stamina or magicka, you always felt like you had necromantic things to do. We started with looking at what uh, necromancy was in Elder Scrolls lore across the board, making sure that we were kind of true to that concept, you know, manipulation of human souls, um, dealing with certain magics that aren't out there already with other classes. And also we wanted the world, the world to kind of react to you as a necromancer. So necromancy is kind of illegal. It's a little shunned in Tamriel. And so you casting necromancer abilities would trigger illegal acts is something we really wanted to strive for. So necromancers use a mixture of conjuration, illusion, and destruction magic. Our necromancer wields a lot of different elements and a lot of different skill lines. So he's got like flame, frost, shock, poison, disease, physical, even magic. Unlike other classes that were kind of focused on one particular or two elements, the necromancer wields all of them. We did split up the skill lines to also have a various theme in and of themselves. Some of them are dealing with like rendering flesh for the healer type line. For the damage line, you're dealing with uh, more direct physical attacks as well as uh, cold and other themes of uh, damage that we have out there. And then for the tank line, that one again, we went back to, you know, you're surrounding yourself with armor, with bones and dealing with uh, more physical aspects of necromancy. So some of the unique mechanics of Necros include being able to create your own pets, which then make their own corpses, and then you can tether yourself to that corpse, causing damage between you or causing healing between you and that corpse. Um, and also, you don't need to worry about just looking around for corpses trying to scavenge for them. You can make your own by either summoning up a pet and it lasts for a certain amount of time, or there's a skill called a bone armor. And when the bone armor wears off, It'll drop down, and then you can use that as well. That helps out really well with tanks, because that's one of the tank abilities, bone armor. Uh, so we made sure that all play styles of either DPS healing or tanking can utilize and create corpses. Some of the lessons we learned from the other classes when building the Necromancer were to make sure we, the class had a 
very defined set of strengths and weaknesses. We didn't want like the Swiss Army knife class that could kind of handle everything. He's got some things he's really good at, um, and then some things he's not so good at. And we also kind of, some of the gameplay lessons we've looked at from all their skills is avoiding sort of heavy buff management um, and making abilities feel more active and more exciting. That button press is way more meaningful. Uh, so the Necromancer has three skill lines, just like all our other classes. Uh, the Gravelord skill line, which is sort of their damage focus line. Uh, the Bone Tyrant skill line, which is their tanking line. And finally, their Living Death skill line, which is their healing focus line. And the Necromancer has uh, a skill line dedicated to each role. So the Gravelord skill line is basically the DPS line. It has a couple of cool abilities in there. One of them is pretty simple. It's just throwing skulls out of people. But every third cast of the skull that gets thrown, it's a bigger one. You see that your character changes the animation. If actually, if you look at it in first person view, you do the, you do the devil horn. So it's pretty badass. And then the, the ultimate is actually there's a really cool story with that as we were kind of going through development. Uh, we didn't like the initial cut of the ultimate and the team started brainstorming what would be really, really cool and how would it work and what we could really do to make this pop. And we came up with the Flesh Colossus where this big bulky thing comes out of the ground and smashes its hand a couple of times on the ground and then explodes. I think what will be really cool to see out there with a Necro in Cyrodiil will be that moment when a wall comes down and people send in their skeletal pets at people on the other side of the wall just seeing them run up and go over that'll be pretty cool to see um i'm also really excited to see a lot of the justice gameplay with the necro i'm imagining a lot of people are going to get into trouble quite a bit of trouble with the bounty you're going to accrue casting necromancer abilities in town so another thing that I am definitely looking forward to with the Necromancer is just seeing how players react. This is a class that people have been asking for since beta. It is beloved by a lot of players. It is a huge part of Elder Scrolls lore in the Necromancer, and I can't wait for players to get in and start to play it and see just how awesome it is. Hmm. Woo. Woo. Good dude, that video Goodness. and the gameplay footage and the explanations—it is all just like sex coming at your face. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. This goes right at our wait. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I'm like in a state of flux right now yeah, with this game. I know. I'm there. I've been there, but longer than you. Months, months. Why do you always have to one up me? You know what? Remember? Okay, let's let's dial the the clock back. Let's go back to January. That night, right after... I can't remember what I had for breakfast. All right, so let me refresh your memory. We're in San Francisco right. at the Elsewhere Reveal. We're going over, just reviewing some things. You know, we get everything's done and over with. We're back at the hotel room, and we're just chilling, and we're just talking. And we're like, oh, man. This is going to be one heck of a reveal. We got to wait till May. Yeah. And ever since then, I've just been waiting. And then it got worse two months ago, when I'm just like... It's May. I know. Yeah, it went by. It went by really, really fast. Oh. And but it just seems like this past probably two weeks of this of the uh, fifth anniversary event, I am I'm like in a complete state of flux. I'm doing the event, and that's the only thing right now that's like keeping me driven mm -hmm. and not dying over 
the necro. Yeah. And you and I both have decided not to do PTS. We're just going to kind of keep an eye on stuff a little bit mm-hmm. and not ruin anything for us because we want to feel it for ourselves on launch day or early access day. Right. Um, but I, I feel like I can't get into any other content right now, maybe besides like the doing dungeons way. or pledges. or yeah. I'll do those, no problem. Yep. But I think you and I are in the same spot to where we both want to love the Necro so bad and we want it to be our mains and we're going to go back and do everything. Yeah, yeah we're both at a place. characters. Yeah, yeah we are. we're both at a place yeah. where we're just like, I can't invest myself content-wise into anything that I know is going to suck me in. And we know anything in this game will. But, right. so like we're doing things that are temporary. For instance, dailies, PvP daily, dungeon daily, um, the pledges, you know, just stuff like that just to <laughs> pass the time almost, you know? Right, you just—it's actually a lot of fun passing the time that is. way. But I enjoy, PvP. you know, story-wise and like my internal RP-wise, I am so about this oh, yeah. class. Absolutely, this new class. You know, one of my favorite things about that video that we saw was the uh, the whole bone armor aspect. I didn't realize that that created a corpse for you when it was over. With. Yeah. So for the on in the bone tyrant line, when you drop uh, certain abilities, it actually like fades off of you. And then creates a corpse that you can utilize. Um, mm-hmm. that, I, I, that video just hits so many points for me. Yeah. And I think the biggest one was at the very beginning of the video when they talked about like the drawing board when it came to the Necromancer. The first thing they did was went to the lore to make sure that the Necro class was true to Elder Scrolls. Yep. Yep. That's what we're dealing with, folks. And don't overshadow that just just as lip service. Because they did. That is exactly what this class is all about. It is about the lore mm-hmm. of where the necromancer comes from in this game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's channeled to way that a true illegal operating outside of the law necromancer would would work in Tamriel, like in Skyrim or any of the other games. Yeah, you can build a Necro. Right. But this is the way that Necros... I just scared the shit out of my cat, which was hilarious. (laughs) This is the way that Necros should be. The, the, The combination of conjuration and alteration and illusion magic. I mean, when you can put those three things together... Yeah, man. Dude, yeah. that is sexy. I love the fact that they started with the lore because, you know, this... And I've mentioned this in previous episodes. And even in the side quests I did on Necromancers, uh, you know, they are treated as the anomaly. Necromancers are. They are regarded as not right. normal. What they do is not appropriate in the eyes of most of Tamriel. Now, if you go back and read one of the lore books from Vanis Galarian... Uh, it's called a guild memo on soul trapping. He talks about necromancy a little bit, and he even mentions the fact that Tamriel is actually becoming accepting of necromancy more so than other things. And so it bothers him and it upsets him. And so I love the yeah. fact that this is carried into ESO via the justice system. I love the fact that I could get in serious trouble if I decide to summon a huge, you know, whatever that alt is. That I forget the was a um. Bone Tyrant? No. Um, the one where the, the big dude comes out of the ground, the big flesh 
almost looks like the claw, the bone colossus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it makes me so happy when you talk lore. Like seriously, I feel like my yeah, like my job is done here. Yeah, but I'm gonna keep going anyway. Oh, okay, but cool. I love that you brought up Vanis Galarian because yeah, he has he's got a stake in this whole claim because. Um, for the folks who don't know it, Vanis Galarian is the uh, head mage at the Mages Guild. Right. But his in his past, he was part of the Sigic Order. And when he was at the Sigic Order studying, he was best friends with a certain Manamarco. Yep. And Manamarco started dabbling in necromancy. And Vanis Galarian tried to talk him out of it. Like, hey, dude, Ixnay on the necromancy. Mm-hmm. Not good, not smart. It's illegal. And Madame Marco basically told him, yeah, go pound sand, dude. I'm doing what I'm going to do. So Madame Marco gets kicked out of the Sigic Order. Yeah. Ignores Vanis Galarian's warnings. And he ends up forming the largest um, organization, basically, of necromancy and Tamriel. And they're called the Worm Cult. Right. And then he goes in league with with Molag Ball. And then, you know, trouble ensues. But... um, I love the fact that you brought him up because I would like to see him be part of this story. Like, oh, necromancy? Oh, I know a little bit about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would too. And you know what's really funny about the Mages Guild, not to get too off topic, but did you know, or did you, uh, you know, after re- I've been sucking down Tales of Tamriel the lore. Uh, the project's done. I'm just, <laughs> I wish I could tell you what it was, but I'm glad it's over. So I'm sitting here just reading and enjoying and I'm going through Tales of Tamriel, the lore. It's one of my favorite books now. There's just so many good tidbits in there. And the part I'm referencing yeah. is that guild memo. I think it was around 118, 119, page 118. Um, and, you know, really you get the vibe that the Mages Guild themselves, really in actuality, to a lot of Tamriel lights, I guess, uh, would be, they're just almost as much of an anomaly as the Thieves Guild. Tamrielins. Okay, Tamrielins. Tamrielins. Right. And Dark Brotherhood. Mainly because people of Tamriel, they don't fully, a lot of them fully don't get um, the arcane arts. They get antsy, you know? It's like they you, you, you do something and they don't understand it and so they freak out, you know? And so in a lot of ways, in a lot of aspects, just the arcane in general. So you throw in corpses, you throw in necromancy, and then you see some dude turning into a full-on just skeleton, huge skeleton with a tank alt. I mean, this is this is gonna oh, be good. I just, got, I just got giddy. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Right when you said that, I just got giddy. You just like watching those videos. I'm picturing my Khajiit necromancer is like that's him. He's really doing it. He's throwing skulls. Oh my god, I can't freaking wait. <laughs> it's gonna be so, so good. It's gonna be so stupid. Yep. Like I might be divorced, uh- <laughs> and if that happens. I'm moving in with you. Okay, come on over. To, I'll be like, I love you. Come on, come on over to Indiana. It's good time. I'm times. not a bad person. There's better internet connection. Apparently, I have that compared to you. So there, I got that working for me. All right. So anyway, check this out. If you want to watch the whole video yourself, or you can visit LordSecretsPodcast.com and uh, check out the show notes. But they didn't stop there. We got another great, 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 great video. And this one involved good old Abner Tharn, and particularly... His voice actor, Alfred Molina. So check this out. Alfred Molina on what goes into creating everyone's quote-unquote favorite Imperial Battle Mage. I am Abnathan, advisor to emperors for well over 100 years. 
I most recently served as the Grand Chancellor and the Imperial Battle Mage for Varan Aquilaros. Well, Abnathan is, um, he's a, an old wizard. He's political, he's manipulative, he can be charming and ruthless. He has a definite sense of humour, but it's, it's more or less uh, the kind of humour where he's basically deriding and sort of uh, ridiculing others. He, has, uh, he seems to have a very high standard in terms of performance and people are kind of, you know other characters are woefully fall short it seems and he's done, and he's not uh, he's not shy about letting you know how he feels but hugely intelligent uh, very much in control he's all the things that the actor voicing him is not <laughs> basically try not to let the carnivorous plants consume you getting eaten by mostly stationary creatures doesn't help one's reputation or so I I approach this like the way I'd approach any character I play. You know, you, you, you look at the text, you get all the clues from the text, all the contradictions, all, you know, you look at the, the linguistic style of the character. You, you know, is, is this a character that uses a lot of uh, alliteration or, or not? Is, it a character, is, it, is this a character that likes the sound of their own voice, for instance? And, and I think Abnathan definitely does like the sound of his own voice. I mean, I think he... You know, and he uses language in a very interesting and sort of uh, passive-aggressive way. I mean, I'm looking at a line right now. He says, given your relative unimportance. Now, there's something really interesting about that structure. I mean, he could have just said, shut up, you're not important. But, he's, you know, given your relative unimportance, you know, it's, it's kind of it's good writing. Gather the dusk mushrooms and head for Degaro Dro's camp. As soon as I take care of the shadow that's been following me, I'll meet you there. So all the lines that I've enjoyed have always been the ones where he's being slightly kind of sarcastic. When he's kind of, he's kind of praising someone and, he's, and he basically says, your technique seems adequate if a bit unrefined. And there's something wonderfully camp about that. Ah, the distinctive smell of Daedric sorcery. It's as atrocious as it is pervasive. He likes language. You know, and he's sort of—he's uh, not afraid to use it. You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it, it's always very satisfying to to voice characters who are kind of a little self-aware, because it gives you a clue as to how to play it. You know, I assume my qualifications meet with your approval. But I, I like him. He's got a kind of—it's um, very classical in a way. It kind of—I uh, can imagine him being a character in like a Shakespeare play. There's a sort of, uh, there's a kind of elegance to him and a, and a danger as well. I'd like to know what a dusk mushroom looks like now. Like right <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that guy. I didn't know he was English. You didn't know he was English? No, because I think the last thing I saw him in was that Spider-Man flick and he was really good in that, but... yeah. Dude, he's really good at the voice too. So good, he's so good. Yeah, it's so funny you say Spider-Man because that's I was I've always been a huge fan of Doc Ock, and when I remember when he played him in Spider-Man uh, was it two, and uh, yeah, that's when I f I first met him as an actor, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this guy's you, you first you what you first met him? This is so good. Yeah, I first saw him as an actor. I was introduced to. Oh, him that's better. As you having actor. delusions of grandeur again? Maybe. Maybe I have high hopes. You don't know me. You don't know my job. You know my life. You live in Indiana. All right. Okay. You do know me. You know my life. It's not the, it's not the Hollywood of the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> it's corn crop state. But uh, yeah, no man. I gosh, I'm okay. Full disclosure. I'm kind of starting getting. Um, 
I'm kind of starting to appreciate Tharn a little more. Mainly because whenever he talks, I get to hear um, Alfred <laughs> Molina. So. I'll give you that, but he's still a freaking douche. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Agreed. Yeah. He's causing some problems. I don't know if you knew that about the story. Doesn't he always? When is he not? Yeah. His face. His face when they got outside of the Halls of Colossus was like, oh, fudge. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, like he dropped the bolts in the snow. Yeah. Like he had one job. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, one job, dude. Oh, yeah. that's fun. So anyway. I really... Ah, here we go again. This is me interrupting you. I am really starting to get a mad respect for voice actors. Yeah, man. Like, for sure. Because it's not like... My voice acting is terrible. When you listen to our storyline, it's freaking terrible. But it's not easy either. No. You know what I mean? No. To be like... You, you know, you sit there kind of by yourself and you're you're doing your thing. But to listen to him just roll through it and really get into his character and try to understand his motivations and his habits and why he does the things he does. You heard it in the interview. Yep. That's how voice actors get into their character. Yeah. And I love that about this part of gaming and this part of uh, creating um, in movies and cartoons and sitcoms and all that stuff. I just think voice actors have a very, very difficult job. Man, I have been fascinated with um, the art of voice acting. I just live in the wrong state. I've loved voice acting and I uh, ever since I was younger and Mrs. Doubtfire came out. The very first scene, he's there... Uh, and uh, oh my gosh, Robin Williams! I couldn't think of his name. He's like one of my greatest inspirations. Oh my, he's a legend. I know he's one of my greatest inspirations. And uh, he was doing the whole bit with the cat and the mouse, and I remember just watching that, and uh, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, he's recording this voiceover. I'm just like, oh, this is awesome. And ever since then, growing up, I was constantly practicing voices, constantly trying to mimic people and do things, and. I just, I love voice acting. I love the art. And so I love seeing stuff like this when I can really kind of get a behind the scenes look as, as far as, especially someone like Melina, you know, who's so talented and has been a part of so many movies and so well established. And the fact that we get to enjoy his voice acting in the game, I mean, it's, it just makes it that much better, you know? Right. And, um, I have I have a little shout out here, um, and what, when I was first introduced to voice acting, um, you know when we were involved with Star Wars: The Old Republic, and um, we were doing the Old Republic radio show, mm-hmm. um, we got to meet the voice of Queen Amidala or Padme, mm-hmm. and her name is Catherine Tabor, and we we met her during the show, and then subsequently we did some uh, some charity work with her over the years. And you want to talk about an amazing person who really, I mean, first of all, she's in love with the IP of Star Wars. She loves it like through and through, always has been since she was a kid. And she's done all of these different uh, voice acting for for Star Wars and all the different things. And mm-hmm. so she um, she did uh, Knights, Knights of the Old Republic. She did that game. And then her biggest thing, I think, was um, when she got to do... Padme on the Clone Wars. Uh, 
but she really brought that respect out uh, of me that I never even knew was there for voice acting. Yeah. And um, so from then I can, I can listen to a voice of a cartoon character or whatever and just go, you know what? That person is like super freaking talented. And I say the same for Alfred Molina in doing um, Abner Thar. Yep. So it, it's really neat. I mean, there is there is a lot of talent there other than just sitting in front of a microphone. They have to know those characters very well. Understand the character. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, just a little shout out for uh, Catherine. She, I'm sure she's out there somewhere. But That's awesome. Yeah. Amazing person. So anyway, uh, Alfred Molina, that was awesome. Hope you enjoyed that. So voice acting is awesome. All these things are awesome. Go, You can check out all this stuff. Again, com at the episode page. But now we actually come across our first real piece of news as far as article-based and not video-based. So we've got Celebrate Elsewhere's release with us in Weisbaden, Germany. The reason I said that correctly is because Cash was practicing it before the show. So this comes to us from ElderScrollsOnline.com. It says, quote, to celebrate the imminent launch of the Elder Scrolls Online Elsewhere, our first ESO tavern. What? I love that. Of 2019 will occur on May 31st in Weisbaden, Germany. Join Zoss for a fun evening of food, drink, and conversation. So, all our listeners in Germany, you're in luck. Because you can go check this out. This is happening Friday, May 31st from 12 p.m. to 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Jet... Mm. Jet... You, why don't you take this? Wait, what? 12 p.m. That's noon. Yeah. To 6.30 a.m. I did not admit, change the typing. I copied and pasted, so yes. Oh, my God. That's like the entire day all the way through baby-making time. 6.30 a.m.? Damn! Yeah. Anyway. Yep. This is taking place at the uh, Jashlas Platt. Thank you. Unter B417, Feisbeten, Germany. Hopefully I did that okay. Practiced it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. There you go. You get your first yeah. debut into voice acting. Um, <laughs> so anyway, you can meet lead IU, uh, lead, meet lead UI designer. Ooh, tongue tied. Bobby Weir, and you also community manager Kai Schober, and other special guests as well. Um, you've got uh, dungeon partners, PvP adversaries. ESO Tavern will be open from 6 p.m. to 12:30 a.m. Central European time. Now I'm confused. I don't know what's happening. No, Stop trying to figure it these out. Type, yeah. If you like Stop to Stop it. If you'd like to join them, you can email them at community underscore D E at Bethsofteurope.com with the subject elsewhere release event so you can confirm your attendance. So yeah, Germany folk, get on that. It's all yours. I think I'm I think I'm just gonna email them and, and reserve a spot just in case I, I win the Powerball. <laughs> <laughs> Because if I win the Powerball, What's it everybody knows that I'm doing I'm doing the uh, one finger salute to work. That'll be it. Yep. And then I'll be on a plane to Germany. Oh man, there's so much. My wife would be like, "I know you just want a bunch of money, but you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you sit your butt down, young man. You stay right here. You stay right Chris, here. Chris, get your butt back over here." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So anyway, Germany folk, check this out. But now it's time for the continuation of our brand new series that you love so much. And we thank you all so much for your feedback. Cash, what are we doing? We are continuing with our Dungeon Lord That's series. right. Here we go. All right, man. So we're doing uh, Fungal Grotto 2. Yep. We're starting from the very top. 
it, put it this way. Jibs and I have a lot of freaking work to do. So there was a little part of me that wanted about 30 to 40 responses saying that that new segment sucks. We don't want it. We've already run those. We're not interested. But no, we got the exact exact opposite of that. Our people are good to us. Everybody, um, put it this way. We got no bad feedback. There was a lot more responses than we've ever got was on the dungeon lore. And yeah. I think the part that resonated with our folks, um, our listeners, is the fact that everybody gets into a pickup group yep. and nobody wants to slow down and listen to the story and stuff. And that is, shameless plug, that is one thing about our lore seeker group. We are all about the lore. That's the basis of our guild. It's the basis of our community. We all want to give respect and absorb yep. the story. So that's what this whole thing was about. And then all the other stuff that we do aside from the story is just kind of bonus because we're going to, we're adding a couple little things in to try and make the segment a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So anyway, tonight we cover dungeon lore fungal grotto two. Now you remember from last week, kind of what the story was and I'm going to remind you, but first the loading screen text. Remember that time when you're going pee or you're going to refill your drink? Stay in your damn seat. Read the text. <laughs> and if you don't do that, I'll do it for you. Oh, my gosh. These extensive caverns in the volcanic rock between stone falls were once used for unknown purposes by the ancient Chimer, but were abandoned by the elves long ago. Now they are the haunt of goblins and other denizens of the underworld. That's the same one from last week, but this is part two. Okay, thanks. Don't be upset with me. I'm just reading the news. Okay. Okay, so the region of uh, Fungal Grotto 2 has not changed. It's still in Stonefalls. But there is a new quest that you get to go through, and this quest is called Lighting the Shadows. If you recall from the story in Fungal Grotto 1, you had unknowingly assisted the spider cult in clearing out the cavern of quarreling goblins and dreg so that they could reach a cavern deep in the grotto. Once the task was completed... And the spider cult was able to reach that cavern. You were ordered by the leader to leave immediately. She gets quite freaking froggy with you. Yes, she does. <laughs> like super snappy. Mm-hmm. So, of course, like every good man, you shut your mouth and you turned around and left. She says jump, you say how far. Correct. But in the continuation uh, dungeon, Fungal Grotto 2... You return to the grotto to find out how the spider cult has begun turning innocent people into shadow soldiers loyal to their cause. Ooh. The spider cult has unearthed the obsidian husk, a magical artifact shrouded in mystery. The obsidian husk, there's actually lore for the obsidian husk. The obsidian husk is said to have the ability to create and control all types of shades from minor shadow wings, shadow lings, to larger, more complex creatures with high intelligence and unknown power. Mm. Members of Mephala's cult have been known to scheme and battle over this particular artifact. But you are going to assist the members of the Fighters Guild, led by Defender Two Blades, in stopping the cult from raising an army of shadows that would destabilize the region. There you go. Mm. There's your bit of lore. Now, if you are a character that, or if you play a character that has been in the game for a while, I'm sure you've crushed 
spindle too. Oh yeah, many times. Oh, yeah. But at least now you know why you're going back in there because the spider grotto cult too? is per- fungal grotto too. Yes, they are persistent. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. So, okay, now what kind of baddies are you going to run into in fungal grotto too? You're going to run into the spider cultists, of course. Now that they know you're back, they've already told you to leave once and you came back. So they're hostile to you now. Uh, Spider cult healers, spider cult initiates, spider cult pyromancers. Yes, that is a necromancer that uses fire. I have made fire. Spider cult savages, spider cult sentinels. (laughs) Dude, you knew when you started this podcast that I was a freaking nerd, so... I love the fact that you and I both Deal love and appreciate movies that we reference them mid-sentence. You know you've got a good friend when you both can reference movies mid-sentence. Exactly. And you can go right off each other. That was from The Castaway, by the way. Yes, it was. Okay. Anyway, um, obviously there's going to be some spiders in there. So uh, there's cult spinners and then also obsidian warriors who I would imagine are undead. I'll have to go through there again and check it out. Undead who are protecting the obsidian husk. Mm. Uh, there's so many bosses in there. There's Mephala's Fang, a giant spider. Ugh. Bring a can yeah. of raid. It's a spider. I don't like spider. Burn the whole house down. I don't like spiders. It. Uh, there's Serenus the Shepherd, a cultist and her spider flock. More freaking spiders. Uh, there's Regger Dawn Dark. I take that back. Regger Dark Dawn. <laughs> And that's Vila Theron's bodyguard. Remember, she is the real piece of work that told you to beat feet in Fungal Grotto 1. Such a lovely woman. She's a lovely woman, but man, is she nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the bosses. There's uh, Gamine Bandu. I had to really slow down on that one. Gamine Bandu, he's a Dunmer <laughs> assassin. Already instantly awesome, but kind of a wuss. Spawn of Mephala, a Spider Daedra sent by Mephala to stop you. Also kind of a wuss. And then Avila Theron herself, the leader of the spider cult, which gets a, she gets a fresh one. At the very, um, she's the very last boss. There you go. So anyway, um, there are some new sets and some achievements in there. And I think Jibs wants to cover those. I do. I have it right here in front of me. Uh, all right, so gear set. So if you remember kind of last week when we were talking Fungal Grotto 1, you know, those are early dungeons, and so you're going to kind of see a lot of beginner sets. And like we said last week, I'm of the opinion there are not bad sets in ESL. There are just some sets that are better than others. Every set you're going to get use out of, some way or another, depending on what you're doing. So for gear sets, what we have, for the light set, we've got Spider Cultist Cal. Now, two items you've got... Up to 833 spell crit. Uh, three items, 1096 max magicka. Four items, 129 spell damage. And five items, up to 450 spell damage to your destruction staff abilities. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, that's good. Just, just sit on a nail or something? That's fun. Yeah, yeah, oh. I, I, I sat on a nail. I just randomly put one there. Uh, so medium set, we've got Viper's Sting. Two items, uh, 833 weapon crit. Three items, 1096 max stam. Four items, 833 weapon crit. And at five items, when you deal damage with a melee attack, you deal an additional, oh my gosh, up to 6,400 poison damage over four seconds. 
That's a freaking dirty PvP set. If you're stacking poisons, that is a dirty PvP set for a Nightblade right there. Yeah, that effect can occur. But it says melee though. Yeah. So I assume that's not ranged. So you like your poison injection? Yeah, melee's not ranged. Wouldn't work. Oh, that's too bad. Well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's just too bad. Because actually, so I put the lore lesson or I put this lesson together, and, and you know, Jibs and I went over it. But I never really read that part. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Because if that had been, I would be like farming it tonight for my Bobo Warden. Oh, yeah. 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 To see how that was. Sure. But anyway. So Sorry. Uh, next up, the heavy set. This is actually, in my opinion, a better PvP set than the previous. Uh, Dreg King Slayer. This is the heavy set. Two items. Gets you up to 129 weapon damage. Three items. Another 129 weapon damage. Four items, 833 weapon crit, and five items, major brutality at all times. Increasing your weapon damage by 20%. When you kill an enemy, you gain major expedition for eight seconds, increasing your movement speed by 30%. Woo! That's fun. It is, but I got a question for the next one. I think I already know the answer to it, but I'm going to present it anyway. Okay. Continue. Okay, Spawn of a Follow. This is the monster set that you're going to find here. And for those of you who don't know what a monster set is, basically anytime you complete a vet version of the dungeon, you are going to get a monster helm off the last boss. All right? And you get the shoulders out of the chest that you can find the Undaunted. Um, all right, so two items adds 129 weapon damage. Three items, 129 weapon damage. Four items, 833 weapon crit. And five items... Major brutality at all times, increasing your weapon damage with twenty percent. When you kill an enemy, you gain major brutality. You gain major expedition for eight seconds, increasing movement speed by thirty percent. That's the exact same. See my question? You know what I'm going to ask? I, I already know the answer to it. What though. does it stack? Ah, there's no way it can. I've there's never no tested way it. I really don't know. It's a heavy set, though. So I mean, it could be a PvP set, but. I don't think those two... If you have Major Brutality, you have Major Brutality. That's it. I don't. It's not going to stack to 40%. No. There's no freaking way. No. It, it, maybe people can reach out to us. Let us know for clarification on Twitter at LoreSeekers. I, I bet you we get an answer in chat like right now. So oh, um, sure I will. really don't think that you do. I think that there are some sets out there that can be redundant and useless if you're using another set with the same exact bonus. So I'm pretty darn sure that that doesn't. I'm keeping an eye on chat in case they're all... Are you guys all high? What's the deal? Answer the damn question. <laughs> Answer the damn question. <laughs> uh, can't stack named buffs. No stacking. All right, there you go. There you go. Thank you, chat. Appreciate Thank you, you very much, Steve. Very much. Thank you so much. And as, here's another little shout out. My friend Jeek Freak Steve happens to live close to cash. Him and I are going to go have some whiskey on Friday. That's freaking fantastic. That's awesome. Have some fun, boys. Drink one on me. Right. All right, That's so right. fun fact... I like to say that because I never get to. Before dungeon scaling <laughs> was introduced in update 5, normal fungal grotto was designed for levels 12 to 15. And vet fungal grotto was designed for vet ranks 1 through... Man, 1 through 5. Remember vet ranks back then? Thank God for one Tamriel. Woo-hoo! Hallelujah. All right, so yes. for achievements. Now, if you're going to be an achievement hunter like Cash and I are with our necros, well, here we go. You're going to need to know this. Fungal grotto 2, Vanquisher. So when you defeat Mephala's Fang, Gammon Bandu, Bandu Serenus, the Shepherd, the Spawn of Mephala, Regard Dark Dawn, and Violet Theron in Fungal Grotto 2, you'll get that achievement. 
Defeat uh, Fungal Gratitude Conquerors. You get this when you defeat Gammon, Bandu, the Spawn of Mafala, and Vila, Vila, Theron, and Vet, Fungal Gratitude. Fearless Assaulter. Defeat Vi... Is it Vila or Vila? Just pick one. All right. I like Vila, kind of like Bob Vila. (laughs) Defeat Vila, Theron, and Vet, Fungal Gratitude without any member of your party. Should I handle the rest of these? Protection of the Obsidian Husk. I got it. I'm going full Bosman. I got it. Veteran Arachnid Slayer. Defeat 200 spiders and vet fungal grotto 2. Uh, veteran Obsidian Slayer. Defeat 425 Obsidian Warriors and vet fungal grotto 2. Fungal grotto 2 Survivor. This is a no death run. That means you defeat all the bosses and fungal grotto 2 without suffering a group member death. Next, we got Fungal Grotto 2 Assassin. This is a speed run. So, you gotta kill everybody. Get everything done. 20 minutes of starting the dungeon. Timer starts when players engage first group of spider cultists. And that... That was actually a question the other night we were having on what a speed run entails. And that, that like brought it to light for me is that a speed run is when you very first start engaging the first group yeah. within the dungeon all the way to the death of the last boss. Yeah, and there's actually a, a great add-on. I think it's called Dungeon Timers. Um, it, it will automatically, anytime you go into any vet dungeon, you'll have a little timer pop up on the top left hand of your screen. So it kind of helps you monitor your time. It's very, very good. I've yet to use it because, you know, I just haven't went for speed runs yet, but... Anyway, hmm. about to, it's though. funny that you say that because I was about to ask you if you wanted to do Vet Fang Layer tonight. Vet Fang Layer? Yeah, we got to start training so we can get that stupid oh. worm pulse in that personality. Yeah. I'm telling you, I want it. I know, I do too. I want it real bad. So bad. I want it all, and I want it now. We want to know what you think. What do you guys think of these sets? What do you think? Are you going to go Chiba hunting? Or maybe, what did you think about Alfred Molina and, uh, you know, Rich and everybody from Zoss on the uh, Deep Dive on Necros? What do you want to know? Here's what you can do. Call us, 765-382-6961. You can email us at lordsecretspodcast.com. 365, seven days a week, anytime, anywhere. Calls collect. Yeah, okay, I'm going to stop. Anyway... But we'll only check them from 8 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. <laughs> Except for 2 to 4. That's right. And a break at 4.30. All right. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be right back. A courier has arrived with a shipment of goods for you. It appears it's from your crafting hireling. The attached parchment reads, From Zuki Dar. Regarding raw provisioner materials. Much as he has tried, this one simply cannot be optimistic about anything. But then, Zuki does not recall anything in his job description about being willing to poop sunshine on demand. So you will just have to deal with it. Also, this one is out of wine again. Whew. All right. So we heard you like the hireling messages, so we thought, hey, let's throw them in the show. So there you go. There's your first one. <laughs> I think the way that came about was somebody had mentioned it, and we had already been thinking about that. Yeah. And then I started reading them again, as opposed to just um, 
like speeding through my mail and getting my stuff. Have you ever read those hireling messages? I need to, especially now. Oh my god! I've read a few. They are not as many freaking as hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, we thought we'd do a little uh, a little bit on that. If you hate it, you could just tell Jibs because it was his freaking idea. Wait, I don't think it was. That was a phone conversation. That was yours. Pretty sure it was. It was. Yep. Okay. Stop talking. You can direct all hate at Lore Seeker Cash. That's my Twitter. With a K. All right. Cash. Lore Step lesson, back. Do your I thing. have a spell. Step back. I already did it. Do it. You did it. You're. I did the spell. Oh, I did it because I learned how to do it. Oh. Well, you did it wrong. <laughs> now there's a scamp. Good job. <laughs> okay. You... <laughs> so, this is Lore Lesson Freaking 55, which blows our minds, by the way. Um, that's a lot of lore. That's a lot of listening to you talk. <laughs> well played, sir. Bazinga. Uh, yeah, that was, that's pretty good. But I mean, here's the thing. This one is, I would say it leans more towards an ESO 101 type of deal type of thing, uh-huh. but we've gotten so many questions yeah. about the actual order. Like if you want to get Nat's ass on the way you should play ESO if you want to stick to the lore, then this is the lore lesson for you. Okay. Um, this is more about the expansions and DLCs and how everything ties together than it is about any particular piece of lore that we've covered in the past or will cover in the future. So... Um, just take a listen, because I mean, even I cut, I got a bunch out of this, just preparing for this lore lesson, and this is how I'm going to run my necro. Given I love the class, and he truly like becomes okay. my main, which I feel he's going to. Right. This is how I'm going to run him. Okay. Um. With a small, a few small little tweaks, but anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll have to talk about that later because I'll, I'll probably. Be in, yeah, so in what order should I complete the DLCs, expansions, and chapters in Elder Scrolls Online? Big, big question. So there is a relative chronological order to ESO's content. Many of the DLCs are independent of the main story and will not impact your experience very much. For the most part, you can play the content in any order you wish. So I want to give you that freedom Right off the bat, do not feel like you are locked in to anything. However, here's the only reason for that. Before, however, this ESO has been designed to where the events of each DLC are taking place at relatively the same time. But now I'm going to, however, it, but there is still some semblance of order to the DLC And if you absolutely want to do it right, then this is going to help you. So don't feel like you have to take notes on this. This will be posted on our website as a guide so that you can see what you're doing and you'll understand it. But if you are like, if you're super diligent about doing this and you don't want to miss anything and you want to hit all these little cues that lead you into the next storyline... This is the way to do it. This is the most logical way to play through the storylines. And believe it or not, it's in the order that they were released. That's it. They're smart, the way that they released all this stuff. So, pay attention. 
The first one you want to do is the base game. And this is going to include the Fighters Guild and the Mages Guild quest lines. Are we going to do the Mages, the base game again with our Necros? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm doing them for sure. Okay. Well, we're going to 100%. Got a full experience. Full experience. Okay. We're doing it. Okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt. You're, you're my Elder Scroll spouse. Oh, I you're hate doing it when you say that. All right. Yeah. I will be the woman, and I will tell you what you're going to do. <laughs> I already have enough. No, now you're going to get some more. So. <laughs> okay. Base game, including Fighters Guild and Mages Guild quest lines. The second one, Craglorn. The third will be Imperial City. The fourth is Orsinium. We're going to go through all these like in detail, so do not fret. The fourth DLC or the uh, fifth DLC is Thieves Guild. Then there's the Dark Brotherhood, mm. followed by Shadows of the Hist, followed by Morrowind. Oh, my heart. Followed by Horns of the Reach, followed by Clockwork City. So the <laughs> Followed by Dragon Bones, Somerset, Wolf Hunter. Merkmire, where your galoshes Ugh, yeah. and a finally rat stone. Don't drink the water. Actually, well, yeah, finally is going to be elsewhere, but we're not quite there yet, folks. It's so close. I'm starting it it's elsewhere. It's so freaking close, I can seriously taste it on my lips. It's so good once it hits your lips. Mm. Okay. So, now you may find yourself in the spot where you do not necessarily have all the DLC. We completely understand there's some people that don't sub, don't have the funds, not fully committed. I get it. Your your reason is your own, but we have a solution for you. Um, you can also play the game in the following order just to see all of the main plot lines. So this would be the order in which you can purchase this DLC. This is the main DLC, the major plot lines for your story in Tamriel is with these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. With these eight. <laughs> Counting's hard. Thought you struck okay. up for a minute. All right. <laughs> the base game, including the Fighters Guild and Mages Guild. Orsinium. Morrowind. Clockwork City. Somerset. Dirty Merkmire. Wrathstone. Mm. And coming soon elsewhere those are the major plot lines that are going to give you everything that you need now small little touches in the other ones Craglorn, imperial city thieves guild dark brotherhood shadows of the hiss horns of the reach dragon bones and wolf hunter not critical they are not critical if you want to follow the storyline in the correct order and like i said do not worry this is all on our website mm-hmm First fun fact of the lore lesson slash ESL 101. If you own the base game only, you will start the game's tutorial and end up on your race's starter island. For instance, if you own Morrowind, but not Somerset, you'll be placed on Morrowind. And after the game's tutorial, if you own Somerset, you'll end up in Somerset after the tutorial, whether you choose to skip it or not. Hmm. Which is my least favorite starter zone. Yeah. Yeah. I like like the original starter zones. So like 
Bankerai and Canarthi's Roost and whatever the other one is. Um, I just, I dig those. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Orc Island. Forget the name of it. Uh, Bankerai? Bankerai, yeah. So what's the, what's the other one I missed? Mm-hmm. Anyway. I don't know. Somebody will look it up and call me a dipshit. <laughs> uh, so you're starting, oh, it's right in front of me. Duh! You wrote Starting it. zones. You want to know? <laughs> if you're Daggerfall you Covenants. If you're Daggerfall Covenants, it is Glen Umbra and you're starting as Stros Mackay. That's the one I was talking about. If you are Ald Mary Dominion and therefore have made the correct choice in faction, you're going to be gifted with starting Canarthi's Roost oh, you in said it. Oh my gosh. I did say it. I'll call them all out. <laughs> I ain't scared. <laughs> the next one, uh, if you've chosen Ebonheart Pact, then before you consider your life choices, you might end up in Stone Falls on Bleak Rock Isle. Should we? Yeah. Should we tease a little maybe what we're talking about doing when we have to open up the second Lord Seeker Guild for PC? You know? I don't know. Do you have some new idea that you can talk to me about? Go ahead. <laughs> have at Oh, it, you don't remember, do you? No, you don't remember. Well, I'm now, like, remember I was talking how I don't normally have that much whiskey? Yeah. This is my third glass. Okay. All right. Well, so never mind. do whatever you want, bro. Run the show. Never mind. You just no, ne- honestly. You, you never, go for it. You, no, I, I don't. I don't want to. I was just going to say, uh, as far as Hold uh, Mary Dominion, Lore Seekers may not always be that way. Just saying. Well, you might as well tell them. You took the nut tickle and you turned it into a, here. Here's what we're doing. No, I did. There was a little tickle. There was a little tickle. You're such a diva. There's such a tickle. Let's move it on. Anyway, carry on. There. I'm done now. Wow. That's like an official derail. We don't derail, bro. Did, did, I, did I throw you off? Did I throw you off your groove, Emperor? No, you didn't. Okay. As a new player, when you arrive at, ho- at your home starting zone, you will be greeted by a hooded figure. This quest will ask you to talk to the benefactor, which will start the base game's quest line. You might have a headache when you do this. The areas you will be in during this time will allow you to also pick up the Fighters Guild and Mages Guild quest lines, which will run parallel to the base game's quest lines. If you end up on a ship and there's somebody that's mumbling because he's gagged and bound, that is what we call in law enforcement is a clue. Okay. You're about to get bashed on the head. Anyway, each alliance encompasses five different regions. And the overarching alliance zone quest lines will lead you through each of these regions. Once you've completed the last region in your chosen alliance's quest line, or when you finish the quest entitled The Council of the Five Companions, great freaking quest, you will receive a quest called Messages Across Tamriel, which sends you to Cold Harbor and thus begins... A long quest line <laughs> in Cold Harbor that will finish <sighs> off the main storyline for you. Mm. Don't get me wrong. It's it's really good. There's just a lot of crap you got to do for that one. But man, going through the main storyline is, is a lot of fun. Because like now I'm at the point where I can like switch and choose the things that I pick and you know, I could like save this faction and kill this faction. <laughs> right. So I'm trying like all kinds of different things, but I always go Bosmer. I always go full Bosmer. So 
there's that. Anyway, uh, the regions in Daggerfall Covenant, the regions are Glen Umbra, Stormhaven, Rivenspire, Alakir Desert, and Bankarai. For the Aldmeri Dominion, for the Queen. Hashtag. Mm-hmm. For the Queen. That's right. There's Oridon, Grotwood, Greenshade, Malabal Tor, and Reaper's March. And for the Stinky Ebonheart Pact, there's Stonefalls, <laughs> oh Deshaun, Shadowfen, Eastmar, Eastmarch, and the Rift. Which sounds a lot like a fart when you think of the Rift. Or the one you're creating with our listeners with the stinky references. Yeah, I, the Rift to me sounds like, like you're trying to sneak a fart. <laughs> So, there's that. And just remember, Silent But Deadly never works. Everybody always knows. Because the person who dealt it is smiling. Just saying. Fun fact. Three whiskeys in. Three whiskeys in. Once you've completed the Alliance Zone questlines and your main base game questline, you will be given the quests Cadwell's Silver and Cadwell's Gold. These quests will lead you to complete the Alliance Zone quest lines of the two alliances that you did not choose upon creating your character. And all jesting aside, the other storylines are also outstanding. You get to explore all the other zones um, and do not miss it. Do not miss it. Have I finished Cadwell Silver and Gold? No, because Jibs and I started a podcast and a guild. And that takes some time. <laughs> Just so happens, that takes a that lot takes of time. That takes some time. <laughs> so, no, I have not finished those. But it is, um, I have started both of them. And the, the quests in the other zones are freaking as epic as they are in our own uh, chosen alliance. So, do not, not do them. Um, so, you don't have to complete the additional base game quest lines before starting any DLC. But there are definitely some cameos and various references from characters that you're going to see in subsequent DLC. So that's why it's worth completing those. Once you complete the base game's main quest lines, you'll be ready to tackle the DLC and then any expansion content as you choose. Man, I'd tell you what, not to cut in uh, too much here, but it's worth going through those zones. I can't wait to go through Riften and and complete that zone. I mean, it's it's... Holy crap, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. I, I have to be completely honest here and tell you that I have not encountered a zone, maybe Cold Harbor. Mm, okay. As I think a little bit through it. But um, I don't hate it, but I probably dislike it more than all of the other ones because it's it's so dismal. Yeah. It's like super depressing. Yeah. Like, I need... Constant screaming. I, I need a cup of coffee, and I need somebody to talk me through it. <laughs> so, I, like, you'll get a phone call when I'm in the middle of Cold Harbor because I'm depressed. Yeah. And I need a friend. I need to talk to somebody. Um, but my point is, I have not encountered a zone in ESO that has not blown my freaking mind. Yeah. There are some amazing ones. And, like, among my favorites, Malabal Tor probably has to be my favorite zone. It is... Yeah. So freaking gorgeous and just lush and beautiful and full of deep lore and okay. Rabbit hole. That see that's how it happens. It's not that hard. That's how it happens I just, to cash. I just kinda threw an opinion in there and you went full full right field. 
Yeah, dude, I'm full Bosmer. That's the way it works. Free whiskey, yeah. Okay. So once you acquire new DLC or expansions for the game, they are usually available in one of two ways. And this goes for every DLC or expansion or chapter, anything that they do. Um, now, granted, you might have to purchase it unless it's free DLC. Uh, most of the time, you got to purchase it. The first method is an NPC will summon, approach, or otherwise be available to your faction in your faction's main city to give you the quest to begin the new storyline. Um, the second method is usually go to the collections tab, and this happens a lot with just events too. Uh, the second method is go to the collections tab in game, find stories, and then choose to begin your story from there. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about each DLC and expansion in detail, just to give you a little bit of internal lore, if you'll, if you'll have it. Because, I mean, we're kind of not doing a traditional lore lesson here, so we can bring you this. So I want to bring a little bit of background for each of these zones for you so that you'll kind of understand them a little bit better. So, Craglorn. This was not a paid DLC. It was added to the game as a post-base game addition with a new zone and new quest lines. So the zone of Craglorn was originally described as a four-player adventure zone, and it's still, for the most part, that way. Um, it was intended to be completed as a group, but it has since been updated to allow for solo play. So when you're running through there, doing your crafting surveys or whatever, actually running through the content, you will notice some of the stuff kicks your butt. That's because those are the areas. And when you enter those areas, it will say entering group zone or something to that effect. Right. Uh, the zone is considered standalone content since it was um, the first content to be released after the base game. And you can complete it after the main story quest line. You can complete it anytime you want, but that's how kind of how it was intended. You can begin the quest line by speaking to any stargazer in your alliance's capital city. Isn't it crazy how that mm -hmm. place has developed over the years from what it used to be? Oh, for sure. Like, and I'm just going to throw this out there. If you have any um, crafting surveys or anything in that zone, if you don't already know the route, then just sell those okay noted or take the damn road just put it that way <laughs> don't think that you can do just as the crow flies because you're gonna punch yourself in the face and then you're gonna be mad and you're gonna send me mail i feel like this is a personal experience you've had it's a very personal experience right. i'm telling you right now Punch, i touched a button follow the damn roads <laughs> <laughs> because oh it will drive you bat poop crazy. So that's what you've been doing in Crackwood. Take All my right. word for it. Follow the roads. Don't think you can get up that hill because you can't. Okay, I got to move on. Imperial City. This is a PvP zone. This is where you pull out your PvP. It's based zone with a PvE quest line. This content is considered standalone and will not largely run into any other storylines of the game. To begin the Imperial City questline, travel to your alliance's home gates within Cyrodiil and speak to an Imperial City captain. 
They will provide you with the starting quest. You will then travel to the center of Cyrodiil and enter the Imperial City. But be careful! Because other players may be on the prowl. They will be on the prowl. They will kill you. Yeah. They're freaking kitty cat mean. I'm just telling That's you That's happened that to me right many a time. Now. You go in yeah. there and... I'm actually really glad you, you posted that. Because I've always... You know, I read about Imperial City. I've been there many times. But yet I find myself s still clueless when it comes to... You know, what it's meant for as far as the lore side of it. So, Dude, Cyrodiil is freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That I, place is super fun. Yeah. So, and during the five-year anniversary event where we got to go into PvP, the PvP zones, and do those quests, mm -hmm. I was loving it. I had a lot of fun doing that. It reminded me of old-school PvP zones and other MMOs that I played in the past. Mm-hmm. Where there's always the air of, oh my god, I might be getting stalked right now. Right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing. And then, I like, when I'm in PvP like that, then I drop into the thing where when I get attacked and I do the JoJo the Circus Clown thing where I can't freaking figure out what I'm doing. It's like and I, get, I, I get died. <laughs> it's like I get died every time. <laughs> it's like everyone's worst fear when you're getting ganked. It's just your your body. It's like your mind wants to do something. Your body's trying to do something else. And during that process, you forget every single skill you have on every bar. I know, and I'm not. I'm seriously not a terrible player. <sighs> I'm not too bad. And so anyway, okay. Uh, Orsinium. This DLC gives you access to the full city of Orsinium and the zone of Rothgar. Freaking awesome zone. The quest line guides you through the exploration in the deep culture of Tamriel's orc race. And to begin the Orsinium quest line, you're going to speak to Stuga. Yes. Yes. We know you know who she is. We killed her here once. You're going to speak to Stuga in any starting city, and uh, she will allow you to travel to Rothgar. She'll actually point you in the right direction to travel to Rothgar, and you'll be very happy for leaving her. You know, she's actually not too bad. Once she gets past the introductory line, I remember I talked to her, uh, I think it was a week ago, and she goes into everything, why we need to go there. I'm like, okay, now see, this is so much better now, Stuga. I can get past she's, the whole introductory thing now. She's a horrible woman. <laughs> okay. Thieves Guild. Yeah. This is actual guild-based DLC. There's an entire new guild that you join with new guild skill lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, guild-based DLC without characters found in other quest lines. This is a largely stand-alone expansion. Mm -hmm. So, to begin the Thieves' Guild, you're going to go to any outlaw's refuge and speak to Quinn, super cutie, who will start the quest line and take you to the new zone in Hughes Bane. Uh, then there's the Dark Brotherhood. This is also guild-based DLC with characters found in other quest lines. To begin the Dark Brotherhood questline, you're going to find Emily Crow in any Outlaw's Refuge and accept the quest, which will lead you to the new DLC zone in the Gold Coast and will also lead you to a life of murder. Murder. Just saying. It's one of the greatest stories. It, it's going to blow your mind. It's, it's dark. There's death. Lots and lots of death and grinding. It's good. It's good. It's good. Then there's the Shadows of the Hiss. This game pack brought two new dungeons to the game, which were the Ruins of Mazatune, <laughs> that place, and Cradle <laughs> of Shadows. 
There's no major story development and this content can be completed in any order that you want. And my Kajidi Kateri is going crazy. Come on, dude. That's Michael. They're just really happy about it. Jeez. Okay. Uh, Morrowind. Okay. Mm. Morrowind. This was a full chapter release for ESO and introduces an enormous zone, Morrowind, and a new player class, the Horden, and more than 30 hours of main story content. Now, I said main story content. A new trial was added to the game with this chapter. This chapter contains major storylines that should be played in chronological order, following the list top to bottom, like we said before, if at all possible. Major storyline. Mm-hmm. So, do not skip this one. Horns of the Reach. This game pack brought two new dungeons to ESO. They were Bloodrot Forge and Falkreath Hold. There are no major storyline developments, and this content can, can be completed in any desired order that you want. Clockwork City and your introduction to Sotha Seal. He's so beloved, but corrupt. Anyway. Clockwork City is a DLC game pack released for ESO in October 2017. In this DLC, you can either or you can enter Sotha Seal's legendary creation and explore his mysterious mechanical world, which is actually really freaking awesome. Um, it's touted as standalone content. But the chapter does contain major storylines that should be played through in chronological order, following that list from top to bottom, if possible. There are definitely things that will lead you to the next portions. Somerset. Yeah. Somerset. Yep. So you want to play that one in order. I've been there many times, mainly during events. I haven't done the story yet, really because I just... I wanted to kind of hold off, and so that was a great time, you know, with everything coming with Necro, but, um, man, that's such a cool place. Yeah. Clockwork City's freaking awesome. It's about as close to the feel of mechanical, like, you know, the, the Dwimmer side. You know, if, like, if you were in a city and it was just full of Dwimmer stuff, you know, like, that's kind of the vibe that it puts out. Right. And if you, um, if you have not heard the city of, the, the, uh, story of Clockwork City, Please go and listen to our lore lesson on Sotha Seal. It will explain why I think he's a douchebag. Yep. Anyway, I, I get hate mail about that, by the way. Do you really? Yes, I do. People send messages about, why do you why are you such a hater, dog, about Sotha Seal? Do these two Gs or uh, one? Just the one. Oh, okay. That's super random. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into it, but... Yeah, so there's that. Okay. I'm not point of contention with Sotha Seal. Okay. Integrity means a lot to Cash. This next one's really anyway. special to me. You know why? Because the word bone is in it? I thought this was a family show. Dragon Bones! <laughs> yeah, I want to know why. Talk to Because this is right, right before this launched. I mean, we're like weeks, maybe two weeks before this launched. The show launched. Lord Seeker started. I know. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Can't believe yep. I've sat here listening to you talk all this time. I know. I don't even hate you yet. That's what's awesome. I try not to hate you. <laughs> How's that working out? Not real good. I love you, buddy. All right. 
Dragon Bones, this DLC pack for ESO introduces two new dungeons, Fang Lair and Scale Color Peak. One of which I'm going to conquer on Vet Hard Mode No Death Speedrun. There's no major story development, and this content can be completed in any desired order. Quite literally provides you with mm, the two most difficult vet dungeons and arguably the two most uh, difficult dungeons in ESO. Agreed. They're pretty freaking hard. Um, Somerset is the next one. This is a major chapter release for Elder Scrolls Online. It hit the floors in May of 2018. It's a freaking year ago. <laughs> yeah, man. It's nuts. It's nuts to think about that. I mean, it makes sense because they're on they're on a schedule, but I can't even freaking believe it's been a year since Somerset. Oh, I know. It's crazy. And yet, you know what? It's been a year, but yet I'm finding myself excited to go back and quest in Somerset again. Yeah, same. No? This whole game makes me excited to go back through with a new character. Oh, yeah. So Somerset... Um, this part of the storyline sends you to the Somerset Isles and the ancestral home of the Altmer. Aldmer, your choice, early, later. Um, anyway, that for the first time since Elder Scrolls Arena in 1994. Yep. So, it was yeah, a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. It was a big deal. It's a big deal. Now, Somerset has major storyline plot, major storyline plot. That also should be played in chronological order. So make sure you go through the list that we talked about above. And then the next one is Wolf Hunter. This DLC game pack introduces to yet two more new dungeons. Good dungeons. March of Sacrifices and Moon Hunter Keep, which are both freaking awesome and werewolf themed. Do not miss out. There is no major story development here, and you can complete these two in any order in which you desire. Moon Hunter Keep on Vet. Holy crap. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. The newer DLC on Vet is just freaking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Merkmeyer, bring your galoshes. Mm. This DLC game pack for ESO launched in October of 2018. And brought the new zone of Merkmire, the home of the Argonian race, to the game. This chapter also contains major storylines that should be played in chronological order. Follow the list that we talked about above. Then there's Wrathstone. This is a DLC game pack for ESO featuring two more dungeons, Frost Vault and the Depths of Malatar. Also incredibly challenging. This content includes major storylines for the next chapter of ESO. I cannot say this with any more emphasis. You gotta play these two. You gotta go through Frostfall and Depths of Malatar before you play elsewhere. Absolutely. So what I would do if you're at this point is I would do Abner Tharn's introduction quest. Do his quest and then go through Frostfall and Depths of Malatar. Yep. They're really good. They're very, very and good. Slow down and absorb the story. Yep. And explore. And if you can't find a guild to do that with, come to the Lore Seekers and just say it. I want to go through the dungeons and experience the lore. I'm not going to have a problem. Yep. Okay. The next chapter for ESO. Is not out yet, my friends, and we all know. Hang on, this. hang on. Elsewhere, hang on, hang on. no. That is that. 
the return of the Dwemer? Is that what that is? Did you just, did you have a mini stroke right I think now? That's what that is. Is that what that is? Because if Rich is still in chat, he's gonna bitch up here. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Bring you right back around where you're supposed to be. Um, oh. So the next chapter obviously is elsewhere. We're all looking forward to it. Can't freaking believe it. Uh, traveling to the ancestral lands of the Khajiit. This content includes major storylines for the next chapter of ESO and should be played in chronological order from the list that we have talked about above. Yep, there you go. So, big mixture Ugh. of an ESO 101 for some of our newer players, but even veteran players, I guess I consider myself a veteran player at this point, I learned from this Yeah. because this is where I'm going to take my Necro with the exception of doing elsewhere first because <laughs> I ain't missing that. Oh, and yeah. then I'm going to go back and go through all this other stuff. Agreed. I can't wait. With my Kajiti Magica Necro. It's going to be such a good time. I'm so excited. <gasps> it's going to be a good time. You did good. It. This was perfect. Thank you for putting this together. Cool. Yep. Um, again, and again, everybody, this will be available in written format. LoreSeekersPodcast.com. You can read it all. Get a little checklist. Whatever you got to do. It'll be all there. Right there for you. Oh, by the way, we got invited to a Vet Hard Mode Scale Caller Peak. With the Hyper Pixie and Mediocre Maestro and chat while you were talking. I'm in. Sign me up. I'm in like right after we're done with the show. <laughs> I am in. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, we hope you enjoyed this show. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you know, whatever you're choosing to listen, uh, however you're choosing to listen to Lore Seekers, thank you so much. But if you're using iTunes, we here's what we want to know. We want to hear from you. We want a review. For every five-star written review that you give us, We'll give you a shout out on the show. And first up, we've got Chris. No, Chris SD from the. Uh, I love this one. The UK. I do too. This right here. These are some of my favorite ones. It says quote. They say quote. I don't yet play ESO. I gasp, as I'm still Skyrimming. I know I'm years behind, but even if you are just an Elder Scrolls fan, this is a superb podcast to listen to. Hopefully, when I've exhausted Skyrim. I have a problem with sticking to a character. I'll be looking forward to delving into the world of ESO. Thanks to Jibs and Cash's boundless love and enthusiasm for ES the ESO universe and their great knack of making you feel like as welcome as one of the family. Very friendly and informative, fun and entertaining for ESO vets and complete newbies alike. Man! I, when I've had a couple of drinks, I get a little beclamped and stuff like that. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. I do too. That's a good That's a good one. It is such a good one. You know what I love, bro? Yeah. This is what I love. Yeah. You and I are seriously a couple of dipwads that get together <laughs> and talk about some nerdy stuff every week. Yeah. That we that we like. Yeah. And we're probably trying to escape our wives to a certain extent. But we yes. really like Elder Scrolls, yeah. right? Yep. That's all we're doing. Yep. Put together a show, come together. You and I have a, a good synergy because we're friends, I think. And we just talk about a game that we love. Yep. But the thing that I love is that we can bring people into this community that don't even play the game we're talking about. Yeah. That blows my freaking mind. Yeah. How that can happen with just a couple of dudes talking about something that they dig yep i love that i do too so i'm gonna try to say his name again uh 
Christed, Christ SD. If, I'm so sorry if I butchered that. That's terrible. When you get into ESO, because I totally get the Skyrimming thing. It's That's a very difficult game to put down. When you're ready, we have a spot for you. Come and join us. And as an extension of just what Jibs and I like to talk about, our guild is so much better than he and I could ever be. It's insane. They're incredibly talented. So incredibly kind that's it. people. It's a sh- another shameless plug, but it's a freaking truth. Yeah. The folks that we have listening to our show yeah. and that are coming to our community yep. are just good, solid humans. And that, to me, means the world. Yep. Well, he said it all. He nailed it. Uh, I love reviews like that. And you know what? When you're ready, we're here waiting on you. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate the review. You can call us 765-382-6961. Put it in your phone. Name it Lore Seekers, whatever. Give us a call. Or you could call call us the dipshits. That works, too. Give us a call. Leave us your voicemails. Uh, and you can email us lordseekerspodcast at gmail.com. You can join the official guild, lordseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Download Discord, join the Discord server, and visit slash apply in the Apply to Guild channel. You can find this show wherever podcasts are free. This includes all you know the outlets, all the, <laughs> all the places, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Be sure to subscribe, though, so you can get your episodes automatically wherever you're at when they drop. Typically, I like to release them around 9 a.m. on Friday. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, myself, at JibsIRL, Cash at Seeker, Cash with a K. But most importantly, Cash, the show. You can follow the show at LoreSeekersPodcast dot, or LoreSeekersCast on Twitter, uh, Instagram at LoreSeekers, and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash LoreSeekersPodcast. I have a quick shout out. I had we had a little correction. I pronounced Bosun wrong on the last show, and we got a really nice email from Rose, a really nice voicemail from Rose, who corrected my pronunciation, and she said it's actually Bosun, and it's equivalent to a petty officer in the modern navy. It was a really nice message. So anyway, thank you, Rose. That is much appreciated. Sometimes we just screw it up. <laughs> that was one of those times. And I listened to her voicemail and I went, she's super sweet. <laughs> she was so nice. So anyway, thank you, Rose. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you all so much. We hope you have a great week in gaming. Stay safe. Stay awesome. And next week, we have a surprise for you. But also, it's the final week before elsewhere. Talk to you soon. Take care. Episode 2 The snappy morning air bit at Singe's nose as he entered the courtyard. He stepped off a large, jet-black cinch lion mount, tied him up at a hitching post, and began to rustle through his saddlebags. Stay ahead of that storm, did you, Singe? Zagush cheerily said as Singe made his way toward the back door. Zagush was the groundskeeper at the Daggerfall Mages Guild. A middle-aged Orsimer, he'd been employed by the Mages Guild for years, keeping the yards of the old stone building among the greenest and most lush in the city. Moving with purpose toward the door, Singe turned his head toward the sound of Zagush's voice. Ah, Zagush. So nice to see you this morning. 
Yes, yes, I sure did. Trekked through the night to beat it. You know how the cold rain mats my fur and sogs my books, yes? Oh, yes. Yes, sir, Singe. You always manage to come out unscathed, it seems. How many of those nine lives do you have left? Zagush chuckled. All of them, my friend, Singe retorted with a wry smile. Singe, having retrieved a full satchel from his Sencha's saddlebag, motioned for his furry companion, Krindar, to follow him inside. With a crack and a creak of a large wooden door, the sound of birds chirping in the crisp morning air surrendered to the subdued silence of the Daggerfall Mages Guild. It was nearly empty at this time of the morning, as most of the field mages had already set out into the surrounding countryside on errands or research missions. Save for a few diligent scholars sitting at dimly lit wooden tables, absorbed in ancient text, the guild was very peaceful. Singe, with Krindar trailing close behind, strode to the help desk, located just inside the main door. It seems you are right, Eilina. The one cult is back. I found a small operation taking place in the Ebon Crypt. Singe got right to the point without his usual greeting, which was strange for his normally jovial demeanor. Well, good morning to you too, Singe, Eilina the Magus said with a grin. Noticing her affinity for pleasantries before business, Singe retorted, seemingly embarrassed. Forgive me, my friend. Good morning to you too as well. How was your sleep? It was restful, thank you. I made you your morning poison, black and strong with a thumble of moon sugar. Eileen amused as she slid a mug of steaming coffee on the table towards Singe. Always thinking of others first, Eileen. This one thanks you graciously. I apologize for my haste, Singe replied. Well, I knew you probably had a long night, and who am I to try to deny you of your morning sustenance? So now, what was that you said about the worm cult? Eileen finished, as she shifted her focus back to the task at hand. Yes, they have returned. I don't know why they've picked Lanumbra, to be honest, well with the difficulty of acquiring corpses in this region. Have there been any reports of missing persons as of late? Singe retorted. Well, I'd have to query the city guards about that, but we're going to have to table this particular investigation for the time being, Singe. I have another task for you. This one is of utmost importance. Straight from the top. Eileen's tone sombered. Singe narrowed his brow and leaned on the countertop, giving his friend and colleague his full attention. Krindar, seemingly interested as well, leapt up onto the countertop and sat at his master's side. Scanning the room and lowering her tone, Eilina leaned towards Singe. We've received word that a summons from the Imperials has been floating around the region. Apparently, someone quite notorious in the Imperial ranks has been recruiting accomplished adventurers and dungeon delvers for some type of a secretive mission. The Imperials, you say? Singe questioned. It's not just any Imperial, though, Singe. Eilina the Mage looked to the right and left once again, assuring there weren't any prying eyes or ears. The summons is directly from Abner Tharn. Abner Tharn? Singe said, a bit too loudly, and then immediately realized his mistaken blurt. Eilina's eyes widened, and she motioned with her hand for Singe to lower his volume. Abner Tharn, 
Singe whispered. As in the Chancellor, Abner Tharn? As in the Battle Mage, Abner Tharn? As in the Five Companions, Abner Tharn? Yes, Singe, that Abner Tharn, Eileen said with hushed certainty. Hmm, now that is quite curious, Singe replied, scratching his furred chin with one paw. We need you to find him and follow him, undetected. You are not to make contact with him for any reason. We simply need to know what he's up to, Eileen ordered. Still scratching his brow, deep in thought, Singe seemingly ignored the question. Singe, are you hearing me? Eileen quietly snapped. Breaking out of his deep focus and distant, thoughtful stare, Singe replied, Yes, yes, this one understands. I need your complete focus on this one, Singe. No side quests. No relic hunting, no moon sugar runs. None of that this time. This is a big deal. He's up to something and the guild wants to know what it is. Are we clear? Eileen's serious tone had Singe's full attention. Yes, ma'am. I will ensure that the task is done. No worries, please. Singe said with a wry smile. Okay, fine then. Your payment for your last mission and a box of supplies is on the desk in my study. Collect them and get moving. We need you to deploy as soon as you are able. There's also a copy of the missive in the box. It will give you an idea as to where he was last seen. Now go! Nodding his head in bewildered agreement, Singe nodded curtly at Eilina and turned to complete his orders. As he turned, Eilina spoke once more. Singe! She said sternly to get his attention, but once she had it, her demeanor turned to one of concern. Be careful, would you? This one could be dangerous. Smiling his appreciation for her thoughtful concern, Singe replied, I will, my friend. I will contact you when I have something. Come now, Krindar. Singe turned once again and moved with purpose towards Eilina's study. With a box full of supplies for his mission, and his payment in hand, Singe headed back down the cobblestone road to a modest rented room at the Rosy Lion Inn. As usual, Singe's faithful feline companion was gracefully in step behind him. <laughs>